And I, this morning I want to speak about our God-given responsibility to the Word of God. I have been uh, studying the book of Philippians. I want to tell you something. I think, people ask me, what's your favorite book in the Bible? And I struggle to answer that question. But I think I keep coming back to the book of Philippians. You ladies are studying Sunday schools great, isn't it? I am studying for myself. I am so blessed every time I come up with something. So I only read two verses this morning that were so rich. The Bible is rich. It's like a gold mine. And you're digging. And you find this gold and you're under this nugget. And you keep digging and the vein just goes longer and longer and longer. It's like, whoa, there's so much in this. You don't want to miss a blessing that God has for you. Uh, you ladies, you make sure you're in Sunday school class. Do you hear me? That's an order. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> no, seriously, I don't want you to miss a blessing God has for you. I'm, I'm joking, but it's no orders here. But you get it. I don't miss a blessing God has for you. <laughs> because it's so good. You're going to get so many blessings. And I, I just don't want to see you robbing yourself. I don't want to see you... Uh, uh, have the opportunity to have gold in your pockets and, 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 and you walk away with stones, you know? So you, you get those blessings, you get those blessings. I, I, I don't know about the men's Sunday school class, but I know the ladies' Sunday school class is really good. And you know, I, I'm, I'm gonna study the book of Philippians, and, uh, but I'm gonna wait on that. Let the ladies go through it a little bit first. But I'm going to the book of Deuteronomy. I was reading through the book of Deuteronomy, and uh, uh, I've just been so blessed by it, and I want to share some thoughts with it as I go through that. But in the book of Philippians, I'm reading from my Greek New Testament, and it's, it is, man, it's so rich. When you read in the Greek, you have to read slowly, because you don't really get all the stuff, and you have to go really slow, and I'm really, really enjoying it. Hey, listen, learn some Greek and learn, read the book of New Philippians in Greek, it's just powerful stuff. Anyway, listen, that's all for free. We're in Deuteronomy. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 5 in our Bibles. And again, I want to talk about our God-given responsibility to the Word of God. Deuteronomy chapter 5 in your Bible. While studying in the Holy Land, a seminary professor met a man who claimed to have memorized the whole Old Testament in Hebrew. Needless to say, the astonished professor asked for a demonstration. Where shall we begin, asked the man. Psalm 1, because the professor loved the Psalms. And, and uh, so beginning in Psalm 1, 1, the man began to recite from memory while the professor followed along in his Hebrew Bible. For two hours, the man continued to, to uh, word for word, without mistake, as the professor sat in stunned silence. When the demonstration was over, the professor discovered something even more astonishing about the man. He was an atheist. We're in the book of Deuteronomy this morning, and the, the name of the Deuteronomy came from two Greek words, Deuter meaning second, and nomos meaning law. Deuteronomy was given to Moses from God as the second giving of the law, the second time to the second generation of Israel, because the first generation had it, but they blew it. The previous book, the book of Numbers, spans both generations as it records to some of the congregation of the children of Israel shortly after their mass exodus from Egypt. Numbers 146 tells us that there were 603,550 men, 603, 100,000 men, almost 40 years later after the first unbelieving and unfaithful generation died off in the wilderness, the second generation of men were numbered 
And then the second count came to 601,730. 603,000 out of 601,000. That's Numbers 26, verse 51. But this new generation needed to hear the word of God clearly spoken for themselves, like the previous generation did. Their fathers were stubborn, and they missed the promised blessing that God had for them. But I'm glad to tell you this morning, we serve a God of second chances. As you read through the book of Joshua, you realize that the new generation did take their second chance that God gave them. But in order for that to come to pass, they needed to fulfill their God-given responsibilities. Brethren, we need to realize if we want to see the blessing of God, there are requirements that God lays upon us. Blessing is not automatic. We all want automatic blessing, but it's not automatic. There are requirements God laid upon us and has laid upon us. And we're just going to read one verse for the moment. We're going to read a few verses in a little bit. But that one verse is Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 1. And Moses called all Israel and said unto them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and judgments which I speak in your ears this day, that ye may learn them and keep and do them. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, thank you so much for your word this morning. Thank you for a full house this morning. It encourages me. It encourages the faithful. It encourages the brethren. It encourages everyone to see a full house. I pray that this will be the beginnings of some great things. We're trusting you. I'm believing you, Lord, for great things in Gospel Baptist Church this year. I'm believing you for the purchase of this building. I'm believing you for the fixing of this roof. I'm believing you to bless this congregation. And out of this congregation, raise up men and women who want to serve Jesus Christ in a tremendous way. I'm believing you to send laborers out of Gospel Baptist Church. I'm believing you, Lord Jesus, to replace families who move on to closer churches, which is a wonderful thing. But I'm believing you to replace them. I'm believing you, Lord God, to bring in children so we can teach them. There are ladies here and young men who want to teach these precious children. We're believing you for all this. But Lord, as we look to you, I pray you'd minister, minister to our hearts this morning. And I pray we'd learn the things you ask of us. We ask you for your blessing. We are now asking you, Lord God, to show us what we need to do. Give us ears to hear and a heart to understand. Give us a heart to obey you, Lord, this morning so that we can see the blessing you have for us. If there's anyone here this morning who has not yet been saved, touch that precious soul. You love that person, but let that person leave here with Christ, not without in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Okay, the first thing I want to share with you, number one this morning, if we're going to have the blessing of God upon our lives, we have God-given responsibility to the Word of God. Number one, we need to hear the Word. We need to hear the Word of God. Verse one, and Moses called all Israel and said unto them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and judgments. Moses called for an assembly. St. Stephen, who was martyred, we celebrate that the day after Christmas, St. Stephen's Day. But he called this gathering of Israel the church in the wilderness. Now, it wasn't a church in the New Testament sense, but it was a gathering of people. It was a congregation, and there was a requirement to meet. Brethren, when Moses called for an assembly, the Bible tells us he called all Israel. Isn't that what it says in verse five or verse one of chapter five? Moses called all Israel. God does not want any of his people to be hermits. God doesn't want any of his people to be lone rangers. He wants all to convene together. 
He doesn't take live coals out of the fire and leave them to burn out. He joins them together and meshes them together so that they can unite in fire together and set the world on fire and burn brightly. Some seem to think themselves mature enough that they don't need to assemble as much as others. But I wonder where they got that idea. Because Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 tells us, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. That's what mature Christians do. They mature, they, sorry, they exhort one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. If you truly are a mature Christian, then do not forsake the assembling. On the contrary, come and exhort one another as you see the day approaching. Brethren, I'm looking out there and I'm seeing Jesus coming back. I see the signs of the times. We talked about it a little bit in Sunday school class. I see things are changing. The Western world is changing. And I think, let them have the world. Give me Jesus. Because Jesus is coming back very soon. As we see that day approaching, let us exhort one another. Let us encourage one another. Let's build one another up. Let's challenge each other to walk in the faith. Moses called all Israel to assemble. And the calling to assemble had a clear purpose, had a clear purpose. They were not bidden to fellowship. Though I think fellowship is good, that's why there's a fellowship at our house after the service. You're all welcome back to our house. There's plenty of room for you. There's plenty of food for you. But this, Moses didn't bid these people together for fellowship. They were not bidden to a worship conference or a financial management conference. And I think those meetings have their place. They were invited, dear brethren, to hear preaching. That's what the whole chapter is all about. About preaching and teaching. They were there to hear the word of God published. That's the context of Deuteronomy chapter 5. Brethren, Moses believed in the priority of preaching. He believed in the preeminence of preaching. He believed in the sufficiency of the word of God. I hope you believe in the sufficiency of scripture. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable. I hope you believe this book is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. If you believe that, you're going to read this book. If you believe that, you're going to do something about this book. If you really believe this, Moses believed it. He believed it so much so, he said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Brethren, this is the living word of God. This is the bread of life. We need to be in this book. Brethren, it's not just enough to read the Bible. We do need to read it. We also need to hear it and hear it preached. Because when you hear it spoken, it's different, isn't it? Yeah. When somebody else is saying, it, oh, you're listening. You know, I encourage you, some of you in your cars, listen to scripture uh, as you travel. That's a good thing, right? Now, you don't want it to be the only thing you do because you want to have your Bible time where you're in the Bible alone. Like, we get that. But it's good to listen to the word of God. It's good to sit under the preaching of the Word of God because that's when the Word of God sort of jumps out of the pages and sort of jumps into your heart. Isn't that right? It doesn't just go to your head, it goes to your heart, right? We need to hear it explained in its proper context. Israel needed to intelligently hear the Word of God so that they could discern and understand it. There's no point in giving you the Word of God in, 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 in highfalutin ways that you can't understand it. Would you agree with that? I can't think of any big words, so I highfalutin is the biggest I can think of right now. It's so important for us to be regularly under the sound of the Word of God and under the influence of the Spirit of God. Did you know when we meet together, Jesus comes? Did you know where two or three are gathered together in my name, Jesus said? They're mine in the midst of them. 
You know, you're here this morning, but you're not the only one. And it's not the people around you. They're not the only ones. The Lord Jesus is here. See, how do you know? Because he said he'd come. He's right here, right now. And you're sitting. You're going to hear the word of God. The Lord is right there. And the spirit of God is taking the word of God. And he wants to work in your heart. Is, is not my word like a hammer, saith the Lord, that breaketh the rock in pieces. So God wants to do some breaking open here, right? You say, the word of God is quick, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. So the Lord wants to take a, a bit of, the, of your heart to do some dissecting. But he's very gentle, so it's okay. Don't worry. The Lord is very gentle, he's very gracious. That's our God. I wonder how important it is for you to be in church and hear the word of God. <clears throat> Brethren, people vote with their feet. Do you know what you voted today? You voted today that it's important for you to hear the word of God. Can I hear an amen for that? That was your vote. You didn't vote with your hand. You didn't vote with your mouth. You voted with your feet. You're here this morning. And I say amen to that. Because I'm glad to see you. We need to hear the word of God. But secondly, number two, we need to learn the word of God. Look at verse one. Hear, O Israel, and... Sorry, and Moses called Israel and said unto them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and judgments which I speak unto you this day, that ye may learn them. We need not just to hear the word of God, we need to learn the word of God. Learning the word requires diligence, doesn't it? Man, some of you are like, I've already done school, I'm done. You know, the thing about our education system, it makes you sick of learning. Josiah got a job in the library and he was so excited. He was working in the library in the college. He's now working in Chick-fil-A, as I said. Uh, flipping chicken, not flipping burgers. But anyway, uh, so he's, he's doing there. And, and, uh, but he said, he loved working in the library. He said, because it gave him a love for reading again. Our education system, I don't know about you, but it causes you to not want to read books anymore. I don't know what it is about it. I don't know the psychology about it, but it seems to kill your desire for reading when you go to university and college and all that type of stuff. There's something wrong when it does that. It needs to be thought through again. But brethren, I want to tell you something. When you learn the Bible, you're back in school again. I have nightmares of being back in school. Nightmares of missing lectures. Computer, computing at nine o'clock on a Friday morning. I think I missed that lecture. Sorry, Mary, you shouldn't say that. <laughs> Just give me the notes. No, but you know what? The point is this, right? We, 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 we have nightmares of being back in college, back in school. But when we, if we're going to learn uh, the Bible, we've got to be a student of this book. We've got to go back to school. You've got to get your junior search in the Bible. That's not good enough. You need to get your leaving search in the Bible, and that's not good enough. You need to go to college and understand this Bible. You need to get your degree in the Bible. You say, that's not good enough. You need to get your master's degree in the Bible. That's not good enough. You need to get a doctor of ministry or a PhD. That's the highest one, right? A doctor of philosophy. Is not a PhD in the Bible. Get to know this book. Study this book. The word learn comes from an old word meaning to goad with a rod. Okay? Learn, to goad with a rod. In Oriental times, the rod was the incentive to listen carefully to instruction. I'm just telling you what the commentators say, okay? That's in the original language. This obviously does not mean that the scripture needs to be bet into us. But it does mean that we need to listen carefully to it, such that if we don't, there are consequences that follow. You with me here? Talked about that in Sunday school class with the men. 
There are consequences for abusing our liberties. We talked about in Sunday school class. It was a good class. We had some, lots of questions and lots of discussion. With men, you know, get a bit heated sometimes. It was great. Yeah. It doesn't bother us at all. It means nothing to us. We just get into the Bible and understand it, study it, discuss it. That's fine. I'm glad you girls are over there having a good time. But I want to tell you something. We need to know this book. We need to study this book. Because if we don't, we will have to face the consequences for it someday. We will. And there were consequences to not to refusing to listen to the word of God. And the previous generation that Moses had been speaking to, they'd all died off. That was the consequences. They missed the blessing. They never entered into the promised land. They faced the consequences of not listening. They were disinherited. A whole generation lost blessing. The Lord lamented in Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 29... Oh, that there were such a heart in them that they would fear me and keep all my commandments always that it might be well with them. God just wants to bless us. God wants to pour out blessing upon your life. God wants to prosper you and encourage you and strengthen you and build you. He wants your soul to prosper. God wants to use you. But there are requirements. There are requirements. It's not automatic. We need to hear the word. We need to learn the word. God wanted a blessing for this generation. You know the irony of the whole thing? The gener this generation, the previous generation before Deuteronomy, the previous generation, they blamed their children. They said, if we follow God, then our children will suffer. People do that today. If I follow God, my family will suffer. Their education will suffer. If I bring them to church, if I bring them to church too much, they'll turn out to be weird like the pastor. <laughs> I think we're all a bit strange, aren't we? But you, you know the thing is, we're robbing our children of blessing. And the very thing might happen that God will say, okay, you don't want to follow me, I'll leave you aside and I'll work with your children. I'd rather none of us were left aside with you. Yeah. I want to walk in the blessing of God. I challenge your children. I'm telling you, I'll tell it to you, dear brethren. I challenge your children. Outstrip your, your parents spiritually. I expect your children to grow better than you did, parents. Be more mature than you, because they got a better start than you, right? They grew up in the house of God. They should be strong Christians. And you should want that for them. Stop robbing them a blessing that God has for them. By trying to distract them with other stuff that's not as important. Are you with me here this morning? That's what we see in Deuteronomy. That's what they did. But God gave this generation a second chance. I'm so glad we worship the God of second chances. Verse 2. And the Lord our God made a covenant with us in Horeb. The Lord made not this covenant with our fathers. And that's what the Lord is saying. I'm not talking about your fathers. They're gone. But with us, even us, who are all of the, us here alive this day. And he's basically saying, you're only teenagers. You're only children. Now you're adults. And God is blessing for you. We need to hear the word. We need to learn the word. And it takes diligence. This new generation now had to give themselves to not just hearing the word of God, but they had to learn it. Not because they had to, but because they wanted to. There are some people who are only in church because they have to do it. I'm glad they come to church, but I'd so much rather they were here because they wanted to be here. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
Because you know the people who want to be here, they're listening. They want to hear the word of God. They're like, I want what God has for me. Because I want to tell you something. Whether you're here because you have to be here or because you want to be here, God has something for you. Don't miss it. Don't miss what God has for you. Learning the word of God requires diligence. But do you know the other thing? This is the hard one. We all hate this one, I think. Learning the word of God requires memorization. I have heard it said, and I don't know, I can't substantiate it, but in Bible times I've heard it said that the Jewish boys had to memorize the whole Torah, the whole first five books of the Bible. They had to memorize it in time for their bar mitzvah. I don't know if that's true, I cannot substantiate it. But I know if they had to memorize the Bible like that, they, they would really start to learn it, wouldn't they? Memorizing is very, very important. Your children are memorizing the scripture, right? In a children's church, used to be Sunday school class, that's temporary. But in children's church, your children are memorizing the word of God. And there's a prize at the end of it. I want to tell you something. There's reward at the end of memorizing the word of God. That's Psalm 19 says that, okay? And moreover, what, let's turn there so I don't misquote it. I'd have to go through it to be able to say it right. Psalm 19, let's turn there. There's reward in memorizing the word of God. Psalm 19. <clears throat> it says here, verse 7, Psalm 19, verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise and simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More, more to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Isn't that what the Bible says? Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. I mean, what's sweeter than honey? The word of God. What's more valuable than gold? The word of God. Moreover, by them is a servant warned, and in keeping of them, there is what? Great? Wow. Okay, maybe not say memorizing, but you get the point. You start memorizing the word of God, God's going to bless. God's going to bring blessing your way. He just will. But it takes effort. It takes effort. Some of us memorize the Ten Commandments growing up. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 5 again. We're back there in Deuteronomy chapter 5. Moses gathered all Israel and, and they were going to hear the word of God. And what did he give them? He gave them the Ten Commandments plus other scriptures. But he gave them the Ten Commandments. Verse 7. Thou shalt have none other gods before me. That's the first one, right? Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath. Or that is in the waters under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God. That's the second commandment, Right? Verse 11, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taking his name in vain. That's the third commandment, right? Keep the Sabbath day to sanctify it as the Lord thy God has commanded thee. Set aside a day to week for worship and for rest. That's the fourth commandment, right? You've got six days to do your work. Brethren, the world we live in wants to turn our life into a seven-day working week. You say, how is that? They only make us work 40 days. But you always have to have your phone on, right? And you're always thinking about your job. Relax. Give a day to the Lord. Look at, look at the uh, 
the, 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 um, the, the next one, verse 16. The fifth commandment, honor thy father and thy mother, as the Lord thy God hath commanded thee, that thy days may be prolonged, that it may go well with thee. You know, how, how would you like to have a long life but a miserable life? I know people who live long and they're miserable. <coughs> I wish you a long and miserable life. Thanks a lot. I'd rather have a short and miserable life than a long and miserable life. Are you with me here this morning? But having a long and blessed life. I, I've heard, I remember people used to say, I'd love to live to 100. I wouldn't. Why would I want to live to 100 and be complaining about me back? And carry my leg around here when I was your age, you know? I used to be able to run, play football with the boys. No, I want to live a long life and a blessed life. You with me here? That the days may be long. And that it may be well with thee. How does that happen? By honour. Honour is being lost in our society. People don't want to honour authority. We talk a lot in our family about the chain of command, the honour system. And if we honour those above us, God's going to bless us. That, that, that it may go, that may be well with thee. I like that verse. That's a good verse. Verse 17, thou shalt not kill, the sixth commandment. Never shalt thou commit adultery, the seventh commandment. That's been broken left, right, and centre in our society. We understand that. So is verse 19, the eighth commandment. Thou shalt not steal. So is the ninth commandment. Neither shalt thou bear false witness, no lying against thy neighbour. And so is the last commandment. Neither shalt thou desire thy neighbour's wife, covet or covet anything that is thy neighbour's. You know, so the last, the tenth commandment. But brethren, God gave these ten commandments. We memorised these commandments when we were kids, right? I'm curious, how's up if you memorised those commandments when you were growing up? Okay, there's several of us, right? We memorised the Ten Commandments. But they were there. When we memorised those commandments, they went in there. And they were always there, weren't they? And you think about them. And that's, what's, that, that's, what, that's why memorization is so important. And as I said, the kids are memorising scripture. And uh, next week we're going to begin memorising scripture again as a church brother Gabe has some verses that he's, he has picked out for us. We're going to do next week, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 and 5. And we're going to memorise those verses. That it may be well with thee. Okay? So we can, we can, we can honour God and we can learn scripture. We can hide the word of God in our hearts. Psalm 119, the word, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So learning requires diligence. It also requires memorization. But there's a third thing which is really important. We don't want to leave this out. Learning the word of God requires understanding it. Hannah is doing biology now and she loves biology. She's learning these big long words like DNA. No, that's not a big long word. But what's it stand for? Deoxyribonucleic acid. You know, I have to look at that word a hundred times before I can say it right, and I still say it wrong, because it comes out the wrong way. But you know what? So, okay, you learn what DNA stands for, but what does it mean? What is this double helix stuff? What's the nucleus of all this stuff? And what's the difference between the nucleus of an atom? I mean, you have to understand, you know, I don't like learning for learning's sake. I have to understand it. I was one of those kids in school that I never memorized stuff. I, that's where Josiah gets it from. I don't like memory. I want to understand it. Because then I can write it down because I get it. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
Brethren, sometimes we can just memorize the words of God and think we're going to learn it. You haven't learned it until you get it in here. Do you understand what I'm saying? You understand it. We've got to understand it. Nehemiah 8, 8, it says here, so they read in the law of the, in the, sorry, they read in the book, in the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. They had to increase their understanding. They had to understand the scriptures. And Nehemiah had everybody stand out there in the streets in Jerusalem and he explained the sense and they got it. They said, oh, I, now I understand what the Bible means. That's why the church is so important. You're hearing the word of God explained, maybe in a different way, and it helps you understand it so you can learn it. Increasing our understanding sometimes requiring, requires taking special classes, institute class, a seminary class coming up again for in May, and, and I might just take that's a week-long class, and I might just take another class. And it doesn't matter if I have a master's degree from the seminary, it's always good to keep learning, isn't it? It's always good to keep learning. Learning the word of God is such a blessing that the, the psalmist wrote, I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. Joy comes from learning this book and understanding this book. How important is it to you to learn the word of God? How important is that? We need to hear the word of God. We need to learn the word of God. But thirdly, we need to keep the word of God. Look at verse 1 again. And Moses called all Israel and said unto them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and judgments which I speak in your ears this day, that you may learn them and keep. Keep the scriptures. What does keep mean? It means to hedge around. It means to guard. It means to protect. In Bible times when a, a man would buy a plot of land he wanted to use for a vineyard, he would Okay, he'd, he'd chip out the wine vat and make the it ready for that. But then when he'd got the, the wine vat ready, and sometimes that would take a couple of years to do, because, I mean, it's hard work. They didn't have pneumatic tools back then. But when he did that, he would then erect a lookout tower. And then when he had the lookout tower, they put a hedge around so he could keep the vineyard. Oftentimes they'd have a thorny hedge around the, the property so he could ward off thieves and predators. He wanted to keep his vineyard. Brethren, you will always protect that which is important to you. Isn't that right? Do you ever notice people with really nice houses? They will have very uh, secure systems, elaborate security systems around their house, won't they? You know, they'll have a video camera. We're watching you. <laughs> if they have a really nice car, they'll have a, a nice alarm that goes with it. Stand back. <laughs> But you know, uh, the, the rich will do those things because they want to protect their possessions. People fight to the end to fight to defend that which is important to them. I was watching a video uh, somewhat recently about a lady, and it was actually very humorous. And it was a street cam, so it wasn't very good. Uh, it wasn't well. Uh, the videography wasn't amazing, but the, but you got the idea. She somebody had robbed her purse from a cafe where she was, and I think it was in Italy or somewhere. Like that. I can't remember where it was. It wasn't it wasn't Europe. It wasn't Ireland. Anyway, she ran after the guy and she grabbed onto the purse, and he was pulling the purse away, trying to get into his car, and she was being dragged on the ground, and he just said, "Forget it," and he left her with her purse. Why did she hold onto that purse? Because it was important to her. Brethren, you're going to hold on to that which is important to you. 
That's what you need to do with the scriptures. When you hear teaching from the word of God, read it, hear it read, listen to it, let it go in, and say, I'm going to guard what I hear, because this is important to me. If you believe this book, you're going to guard what it says. Some people put a hedge around their Bibles, so much so that they don't even go near it. But you need to put a hedge around the truth of the Bible. Get inside the hedge with the Bible, amen? <laughs> so that you, nothing gets at you. You want to, you want, you, 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 so nothing gets at you. I said that the wrong way. But you want to get this. You want the scriptures. People fight for and defend for that, which is important. And saying amen to hearing the word of God is not enough. Some people will hear it and say, Amen! I'm glad for the Ameners. I like Ameners. But do you know the thing is, Amen is not enough. The fathers of the Jews who Moses was talking to in Deuteronomy chapter 5, they said, Amen, when Moses was speaking. All that the Lord had said, we will do and be obedient. They said it, they amened it, but they weren't obedient. They didn't do it. Agreeing with your mouth and agreeing with your actions are two different things. People can say whatever they want with their mouth, but it's what they do that really counts. Isn't, isn't that true? And that's why um, parenting is done a little bit with your words. But parenting is almost completely done with your actions. Because what you do speaks so much louder than what you say. I'll talk a little bit more about that as we go along. But it takes conscientious effort, dear brethren, to build a lookout tower. And you have to carry the materials to the site, sometimes up the hills. You have to, be, to have this careful plan of action. And if you're not skilled enough to be able to execute this plan of action, you need to pay for an engineer. To, to, we have to do that with this building. We need an engineer to, to help us with, with some things, some legal stuff for this building. It takes laborious toil to build a hedge around your vineyards. You have to get the shovel out and you, you have to dig. But what happens if you don't want to dig? You think to yourself, do I want to keep it or do I not want to keep it? And if you want to keep it, you get the shovel out and you put in the effort. And nothing is too much for you if it's important to you. I see people, oh, it's too hard to get up on a Sunday morning to get to church. And you know, I know I love church and I love God's people, but it's too hard to get up on Sunday morning. Sorry, I missed it. But when their kids were playing football, they didn't miss a game. Oh, it wasn't too early to get up at, at 8 o'clock to get their kids to the game, but it's too early to be at 10 o'clock for church. You'll always do the things that are important to you. And if the Word of God is important to you, you're going to do what the Word of God says because it's important to you and you value it and you say, you know what, I, am, I love this book. I want to live by this book. I believe in this book. I really, really do. And I'll show you how I do because I'm going to live by it. That's how you do it. That's how you show it. Those who determine to hear the Word of God and, and, and learn it, whatever it takes, That's commitment, isn't it? I love committed Christians. Brethren, we need to do all those things with the Word of God. We need, to, we need to hear the Word of God. We need to learn the Word of God. We need to keep the Word of God. But finally, number four, we need to do the Word of God. Look at verse 1 again. And Moses called all Israel and said unto them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and judgments which I speak in your ears this day, that you may learn them and keep and do them. Brethren, I can tell you, if somebody is learning them, hearing them, 
and learning them and keeping the scriptures, they're going to do them. It's just going to happen. It just naturally happens because you've already made up your mind what's important to you. It's finishing the course you started, isn't it? Those who are commissioned to hearing, learning, and keeping the word of God will be those who you'll find doing the word of God. These are the true disciples of Jesus Christ. They are the core that make up the church. Those who do the word of God. These are those who press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. They do the word of God. There are two types of people. There are the hearers and the doers. James 1.22 says, Be you doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. The hearers only are self-deceived. That's what the Bible says, right? But the doers walk in the truth. So you have to ask yourself the question, do I want to be the hearer or do I want to be the doer? Or, hey, I'll be both, right? I'll hear it, I'll learn it, I'll do it, I'll keep it, I'll do it. The hearer only does what's right in his own eyes, but the doer does what's right in the sight of the Lord because he loves the Lord Jesus Christ because he's pressing towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus said in John 14 verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. Those are the doers of the word. They do what they're supposed to do because they love the Lord Jesus Christ. And it comes down to a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you love Christ, you're going to love what he has to say. Isn't that right? I'll tell you the people you can't get out of this book. Those who love the Lord Jesus Christ. They can't get enough of it. You know, this may sound crazy to you, but sometimes after having a good time with the Bible, I just kiss it. It's because I love this book. I love what it does for me. I love what it does for my family. I love how it raises my children. I love how it builds my relationship with my wife. I love how it teaches me to pastor when I haven't a clue how to pastor. I love how it helps me to reach out to people. I love the way it gives me a care for people when I have no natural care for people in my selfish, wicked, sinful heart. I love that it gets me out of my bed in the morning and gives me a purpose for living. I love this book. But brethren, I want to remind you this morning as we close that the Lord Jesus Christ set the example before us. He heard the scriptures. He learned the scriptures. He kept the scriptures. And he lived the scriptures. The scriptures may have led him to a place where he didn't want to go. That's the cross. But he submitted to the scriptures and he submitted to the cross, that wretched cross, despising the shame so he could win our salvation. In perfect obedience to the word of God, he became the Lamb of God who took away the sins of the whole world. So your sins and my sins could be washed completely away. That's what it means. To, 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 that is, was his responsibility to the word of God. And brethren, we have our responsibility to the word of God. We can't sit back and say, yes, Lord, you can do all the work. You can do all the suffering. You can go through the hard life. I'll take it easy. It doesn't work like that. We have a responsibility. If we want the blessing of God upon our lives, we have a responsibility to this book. Our first responsibility is to receive his atonement, to repent of our sins, repent of our self-will, Repent of our selfishness and our pride. I love when people humble themselves before the Almighty. It is so refreshing when people humble themselves, isn't it? When people genuinely are repentant. 
It's so sweet. We know it's like in our own lives. Those of us who are saved, you've humbled yourself greatly before the Lord. You know what it's like to humble yourself. It was so refreshing. It was beautiful, wasn't it? We need to continue to walk that way, right? And if you've received his atonement and his forgiveness, then you realize you have a responsibility to God and his word. Moses called his whole nation to hear the word. And I ask you the question this morning, are you a faithful hearer of the word? You assemble regularly with the Lord's church as required, required by scripture. Do you regularly have your own Bible time? It amazes me the amount of Christians who don't have their own Bible time. How can you have a relationship with the one who loves you? Why have you moved? Don't keep moving away from him, telling him you love him. Move towards him, telling him you love him. Get in the Bible. These are matters that you might need to address today. Address it today, not tomorrow. Today is today. Moses called his nation to hear the word, and after hearing Moses, the people were to learn the word. Are you a student of Scripture? Are you seeking to memorizing this to memorize this book? Are you seeking to know this book better? Are you advancing in your knowledge of the word? Are you open to doing further classes? But hearing and learning was not enough. They needed to keep the word. Do you cherish and guard what you hear? And you say, you know what? I've heard from the word of God. I'm not going to let this go. I don't want to be distracted. Lord, I want to write this down. I, I, I want to make notes. I want to remember what God is speaking to me. Forget about what man says. What God says. When the spirit of God speaks, I want to listen. I want to cherish. I want to guard this. I want to write this down. Do your family members know how important the scripture is to you? Do they see you reading the Bible? Did they see you studying the Bible? Did they see you humbling yourself? Here's a good one. Did they see you humbling yourself before them and saying, you know, I was wrong in this area. I'm asking you to forgive me. I think dads can lead very strongly by asking forgiveness from their children now and again. Do you humble yourself before the Bible? Do you love the Bible? I want to tell you something. Some of you maybe are struggling in your relationship with your family members. Humility will help you like nothing else to win your family members. Nothing else. Humbling yourself. Because that, that's what Jesus did, isn't it? He humbled himself, giving us the example to follow. If you have all these things in order, you will do the word of God. We began this message this morning speaking about the atheist who had memorized the whole Bible. It's amazing to think you could read through the whole Old Testament and not be impacted by it. But to be, and, and, and it's amazing even more so to think you could memorize the Old Testament and not be impacted by it. That's unfathomable. I want to say this morning, we have it so good. Would you agree with that? I think we really have it so good. We have a great Savior, we have a great Bible. We have a great church. We have it so good. Let's not like, be like that Hebrew scholar. Let's not be like the first generation of Israel. Let's appreciate what we have in these pages of scripture. And let's now rise up to our God-given responsibility by his grace. Let's hear it. Let's keep it. Let's learn it. Let's hear it. Let's learn it. Let's keep it. Let's do it. And I promise you before the Lord, 
if we will give ourselves to do that, we'll have a great year with the Lord in 2023. I'm not saying it won't be difficult or massive challenges won't come your way, but we'll have a great year. Some of you can look back at some of the hardest years of your life and realize they were some of the best years in your life with the Lord. And that's okay. Let's do what this book says. Let's go forward in 2023. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much.